Hello and welcome to Life Changes You. I'm Daniel and today we have a really interesting conversation to have. I'm talking to Gareth McCauley from Belfast, Northern Ireland, and he's an optimistic thinker who we sort of came across each other's path on Instagram only a few days ago, but I was interested in what he was putting up and what he was talking about. And so he's actually a youth worker as well as an optimistic thinker. So I'd like to introduce you to him. So how are you, Gareth? Hey, Daniel. Yes, very well. That's good. Thanks for having me here. I appreciate yeah, it's it. My pleasure. Look, I always like to speak to optimistic people. It's um, yeah. There's not enough of it in the world. Yes, no, there's definitely not. Um, it's great to to speak with people who are like minded and are open to to meeting new people and learning new things about themselves. All right. So, look, first of all. I just want to get a bit of background about you. So, you know, what was your childhood like? What what did you do when you first left school? What sort of things did you do? Yeah, um, I grew up in Belfast, um, Northern Ireland. It's a, you know, quite a challenging situation of, you know, high deprivation and a lot of, you know, young people um, don't go on to further education and a lot yeah. of things like that. Um, for me, I, I come from a, a background of a really nice family. Um, I actually had a really good childhood. And um, I think, you know, growing up, I always wanted to travel. I yep. always wanted to explore the world. Um, and I wanted to be a professional footballer. Um, okay. Which, as yet, at 28, it hasn't worked out. Um, okay. But here's still the hoping to your childhood dream. <laughs> um, but as I, I left school, I just wanted to be a youth worker um, from the very beginning. Um, Whenever I sort of got involved with youth work, it was just what I wanted to do. Um, yeah. I was just inspired by youth workers. I was inspired by other people. And I was really, um, you know, conscious of, you know, not conscious. I was actually very, like, you know, wondering to myself, like, how can I, how can I get involved in that, that environment and inspire other people? Yeah. And that's what has brought me to where I am in life, you know, now. Yeah, I think um, sort of realistic dream was a dream of mine, sorry, was um, to be a youth worker um, and, yeah, and hopefully just speak to people. That's what I really enjoy doing. And so how long have you been doing youth work for? Um, so I got involved whenever I was 15 um, and then I went through okay. like a sort of process of, you know, being a young person and then I was volunteering for a few years and then yeah. I got my first sort of part-time job. Um, so... I took a, a bit of a break there a few years back, um, but I'm back doing, you know, the job or the hobby that I get paid for, was how I can describe it at times. Yeah. Um, and overall, it's been about sort of 13, 14 years that I've been in the youth work environment. And what are some of the things, uh, some of the challenges you've come across, which has helped you develop? Probably, you know, my own sort of values and my own sort of beliefs and how yeah. my perception of the world is. Um, and how that sort of happens is, you know, you meet a, you meet maybe a young person and they're they're of a particular background and have um, a certain type of view, and it really challenges you, you know, maybe your own values, how you were yeah. brought up, what your family's beliefs are, um, and you know, through that, it's actually made me become a lot more open, um, open-minded, and also um, very sort of. Conscious that, you know, not everyone comes from a nice background and not everyone comes exactly. from a nice uh, household as well. So 
it's it's very sort of it's interesting type of job every single day is different essentially um, and obviously through um, COVID you know it's it also put an additional strain on family families as well so so I were you still able to work through COVID or did you were you in lockdown yeah um, well the city of Belfast went into lockdown but we went online and we had a program that connected young people um, yep. to, to youth workers and sort of build like a bit of a, um, a support mechanism for them. Um, they sort of got referred on the system, you know, and then they, they, they went on to have conversations with us and just sort of, um, we sort of reached out and provided programs and stuff like that for yep. them. To, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a challenging time, you know, through COVID there. And obviously the other end of coming out of COVID, you're going to be dealing with different social aspects you know like being in large crowds being in 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 an indoor environment like how's that going to feel for people you know and it's going to be challenging it's going to be also rewarding because you're going to go on a journey with people and see their process um and hopefully you know it's it's not as sort of detrimental as we're anticipating yeah well look i mean in australia here um we're pretty much back to normal in Victoria as of today. Uh, we don't have to wear masks anywhere now except on public transport. Uh, you're, we're 75% capacity to indoor venues. So there is hope that it's all going to change around. And yeah. last year, because I work with people, my business is people with an intellectual disability and mental right. health issues. And so because of that, we were an essential service and allowed to stay open. And actually, it really boosted our business because people couldn't go to other places. They came to us. Um, And and that's that's very rewarding as well, Daniel, because, you know, if you think of a global pandemic that's happened, you know, 2020 and still in parts of the world still happening. If you think back in sort of 10, 20 years, 10, for example, you know, you, you know that you've done well through some of the most hardest, difficult times of a person's life. And look, you know, we will look back at this. And I mean, I know you're in Northern Ireland and you're probably still in a bit of a lockdown state, but it does change. And look, we might go back into lockdown next month, next year. I don't know. But there are breaks in it and it's not just a permanent thing. I think there's someone online at the moment who says they time traveled to 2026 or something and the whole universe was wiped out and (laughs) he was walking around and there was no one around. And But people have started picking holes in his story, which is good because... You know, uh-huh. you don't want other people to start going, oh, wow, maybe that happened because yeah. <laughs> it's a bit crazy. There, there's, a, there's, there's, quite a lot of, there's quite a lot of conspiracy theories going about at the moment, isn't there? You know, a yeah. lot of people are believing different things. And, you know, my sort of personal thing is I believe a professional. I believe someone in the, the medic profession over someone on a Facebook comment. Yeah. Well, look, I do have to pick up on a thing that... um. I actually said to you before we started um, and I wanted to get it into the podcast because I want people to actually go to your Instagram page and look at you because I think you look just like Hugh Jackman and actually the young uh, Hugh Jackman. So it's even better, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, it was probably more whenever um, The Greatest Showman came out, you know, like quite a lot of people were saying to me, oh, the greatest showman, like, you look like Hugh Jackman. And I got it before, I was on a friend's stag and the first sort of day getting to know people and stuff and no one really brought it up. And then the second day, like people were saying, you know, you look like Hugh Jackman, we wanted to say that to you and stuff. So it's something that I've got before. 
So maybe maybe if I go to Australia again, I could maybe just get away with that. <laughs> well, I don't know what. Could, couldn't you be like an impersonator and get paid lots of money to turn up at people's parties? Yeah. <laughs> Although there's no one having parties there at the moment, though. is there? Yes, yeah, so there's no parties at the minute, but it, it could be a potential business idea for when we're when we'll come back to some sort of uh, normality again. But is it the Wolverine he was in, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. X-Men and all that That's sort of like, stuff. Yeah. Well, I'll take that as a compliment, Daniel, because um, a good-looking chap, you know. Yeah, it's good. No, that's great. Yeah. Um, so look, so we're going to talk a bit about personal development and travel. That's your topic. So because yeah. you're the expert, tell me about it. <laughs> personal development is something that I really started to get involved in at quite a young age, you know, in my sort of later teens. Um, yeah. And most of it was through my own sort of um, experiences, you know, like um, whenever I, I was in my later teens, like I had a, you know, a lot of acne on my face and it was a, you know, a difficult sort of period. And I, I had to dig in very deep and sort of understand exactly like who I was um, yeah. and get myself out of some very difficult, you know, places and things like that. So in terms of, you know, the aspect of personal development, um, a lot of it's been through life experiences. Yeah. Um, and also I've been equipped and given resources through university um, and also like after university, um, you know, delving into it myself and actually exploring the topic um, and looking at within you and, and who you are as a person. So I think in terms of sort of personal development, um, it's something that where I would sort of start is, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Maslow, um, the hierarchy of needs. Yep, needs, yeah. Yeah, so it's quite a popular sort of theory and concept. Um, yeah. It's one that I actually really enjoy. And the one that is sort of very top of it is self-actualization. Um, and it's about, you know, um, like reaching your full potential. Um, yeah. Actually, like finding the person that you want to be, um, being encouraged and encouraging other people around you. And it's definitely something that, you know, there's days where I do feel I'm like, this is actually me. Like I'm empowered. I can empower other people. Um, But actually keeping that, you know, consistent um, and having that sort of, you know, level of capability on a regular basis um, can be difficult, but also um, it's quite rewarding whenever you you do the work work on yourself. Yeah. Well, look, I studied... um uh, Abraham Maslow when I was, I think it's Abraham Maslow, isn't it? When I was at university and, yeah. uh, it just sounds wrong, Abraham, but I'm sure it's Abraham Maslow. Um, and yeah. the hierarchy of needs yeah. is great. And I've had times where I've thought, wow, I'm actually self-actualizing. Um, and then other days when I think, God, am I even hitting the bottom, bottom of the pyramid? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> And I think it's, you know, it's sort of natural and day to day, you know, when you're thinking of your own sort of capabilities and, you know, am I actually reaching my full potential? You know, like, is the job that I'm doing, is it fulfilling enough? Um, Is the conversations I'm having with people around me, is that actually the conversations I want to be having? Are the environments that I'm finding myself in the right environments for me or are they actually holding me back? And it's it's a difficult sort of thing to to deal with for yourself um, and actually getting to the top of that sort of peak yeah. um, is, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to get there, but it's even more difficult to stay there. 
Definitely. Uh, because, look, your life changes and you transition every day. So when you feel yeah. that you're at the top, then something might go wrong. And that's why it's also good to feel like it's okay to hover around the top, that you don't put it yeah. in your head that you must stay at the top because yeah. I don't think anyone has ever been able to do that for the rest of their lives. People might say, oh, I'm at the top, but yeah. um, people who earn a lot of money might not have emotional intelligence or might not be mm -hmm. as emotionally connected to other people. Um, yeah. th there's so many variables in between when you're self-actualizing. Yeah. And I think essentially, Daniel, what it comes down to is having a sort of balance and a good quality of life. Um, and I think when you think of think of that, you know, people think of um, there's quite a culture now of a 24-7 hustle. You must hustle for 24-7, you know, 24 hours at a day. If you're not, you're losing out and that sort of thing. And rest is a, is a big part of who you are and it's a big Definitely. part of your functioning, you know, and yeah. you incorporate into exercise, sleep, friendships, you know, and it, it all sort of adds up to who you actually are as a person um, and actually trying to sustain that level of the quality of life that you've got is probably the sort of secret, essentially. Yeah, and look, I think uh, when you look at some of the coaches that are really well-known around the world, they do a phenomenal job and they get some people from nothing to what they want to be. However, there is also a certain amount of people around the world who would see a coach like that and feel that they can't achieve what he wants them to achieve because not everybody can be bang, 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 I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to get to the top. And we also have to think about people's IQ, uh, where they are uh, in society, have they got the money to, you know, back themselves up to what they want to do? So some people are always going to be on this like hamster treadmill of I'm getting there, I'm getting there, I'm getting there, whereas in actual fact they're not really getting anywhere. They're just running on the spot. They're earning their money but then pumping it into yeah. some coach who's not really going to help them get anywhere anyway because they're not capable of it. And I like yeah. to think that everybody is capable of being what they want. However, in reality, we're not all capable of everything. I couldn't go and no, be a brain surgeon. I don't think you could either. But there's lots of other things that we're highly skilled in. And I think it's knowing that and, and accepting, you know, who you actually are. And I think, um, you know, a lot of things that you can, there's a lot of things that you can do essentially to, to delve into that and to actually sustain, you know, this is who I am. This is my sort of purpose. Um, and this is the direction um, that I want to take with, with myself um, through life. Yeah. And something else to share is with you, um, I've actually recently been looking into the Japanese culture. And it's very interesting, um, you know, from the psychology point of view. Yeah. Um, and there's a thing called Akike, and it's it's a very interesting concept. Um, and the concept is all around looking at, you know, your purpose. And when you find that purpose, then you know you're, you know why you're here um, yeah. on Earth, essentially, you know. And I just wanted to sort of share that with you because... I, I'm a big believer in, um, you know, today, you know, if you're listening to me and you speak here on this podcast, if you don't feel as if you know what your purpose is or, you know, if you say like you're on the hamster wheel, that's okay because you can stop, you can reflect, you can refocus, you can reset and you can go again. And I think a lot of people don't understand that, that actually taking that time the reset for a couple of days can essentially change your life. It yep. can change the next three to five, five to 10 years in the direction in which you're going to take. Yeah. Because so many people, um, and it's probably an international thing, are 
yes, in one aspect, it's a luxury to have a job, but are probably working in an environment where they don't feel fulfilled. Their skills aren't being um, expanded. Their level of um, potential has not been reached. Yeah. And when they're going home at nighttime, they're probably sitting being like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. And I think what I'm sort of encouraging is just stop, you know, get yourself a notepad, listen to this, listen to what other people are doing in their life and take inspiration from that. And don't feel as if, you know, you're intimidated. Um, And it's it's funny because I also, I remember reading before, um, like a couple of my friends, you know, would be in business and management and stuff like that. And a guy said in a book that I was reading before, um, never compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. And it really, really sticks out for me because so much of time, you know, like now I'm 28, I'm starting now to get the feel, the process of this is where I'm meant to be. This is where I'm going. This is the direction in life, um, which is my calling, essentially. And I actually put an Instagram post out there and the other week just sort of saying like, you know, my capabilities, my life, that's what I'm sharing. You know, when I'm speaking to you now, this is who I am. You know, there's no um, front. There's no nothing else. There's just, this is me and accepting this is the type of person that I am as well. But can I tell you that for someone who's only 28, and I say only 28 because I'm much older than you, but you have got a lot of wisdom in your head and your thinking is really clear. You know where you are. You know where you're sitting. You know how you feel about things. Um, You can see that you're content when you're talking with where you are. And I wouldn't think that, look, there might be, but in my opinion, I don't think there would be a lot of 28-year-olds who could actually explain what you've just explained and actually made me feel like I'm learning again. Right. That's really <laughs> so it's nice to hear that, but I'm, I'm going to share a personal story with you. Um, maybe I'll sort of give you a wee bit more context. And I don't mind sharing it with you as well. Um, put yourself in the shoes of myself at 16. And when you're walking down a street, everyone's looking at you your face because you're covered in spots. Yeah. You're covering an acne. And the only answer that you've got is the only thing that you have, sorry, is your family, your friends, and your own mindset and your own brain and your own way of thinking. And I am my biggest critic. And I know that because at that age, um, and this is maybe why I do sort of speak a wee bit as if like I'm older than I actually am, because at 16, I had to realize you only have yourself, you've got yourself, you only will ever have yourself, but you're strong enough to know that you can get through things. And I've got through a lot of tough times in my own sort of personal life. That's only been my sort of ammunition, my anchor as such, and to spur me on to speak to other people who, whatever, you know, whether you're 15, 20, 60, um, you can always change your sort of aspect and you can always change the direction of your life. Definitely. Sometimes it just needs a bit of work. <laughs> Definitely. I, I think that that's probably um, maybe one of the issues with people as they get older. Like I returned to study in my 40s and the only reason I went back to uni, I'd wanted to be a counsellor for the last 20 years up to 40. So pretty much from, no, when I was about 25, I thought I'd love to be a counsellor. Never had any yeah. time. I was working 15-hour days, five days a week. 
I actually got chronic fatigue and I was bedridden for three months. And in the next three months, I started to get better. And I thought, if I don't do the counselling diploma now, I'm never going to get it. I'm never going to get it done. So while I was sick in bed for the first three months, I started the diploma. By the time I went back to work, which was part time for six months, by the end of those nine months, I had three quarters of my diploma finished. And people couldn't understand that I had chronic fatigue and I was working again and I was doing a diploma. So since then, I also now have fibromyalgia as well. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like constant pain all over your body, tiredness, foggy brain, blah, blah, blah. So I was prescribed all these drugs and I don't say to anyone who is taking medication for fibromyalgia to get off it, but it didn't suit me. All the side effects were making me more tired, more sick. So I went off everything and now I just... Uh, I've put on a lot of weight. That's okay because I can still get up and do what I need to do each day. But now I I run my business, I do the podcast and I help out with my mum who's got Parkinson's. So I'm constantly working and I find if I take two or three days off in a row, by the third day I'm back in that position of I can't get out of bed, I'm too tired. So for me, the only way to stay on top of it is to keep going every day. I have one day off a week and that day I lay on the couch and watch movies and then the next day I'm up and back to work. Uh And, you know... And that, to me, Daniel, I found that that was the only opportunity I had to change my life. And through doing that, it changed my whole life. It changed my outlook on people with illness, uh, in my business that I started doing the podcast. I wanted to start the podcast to give people a chance who aren't big, well-known celebrities, who are people mm-hmm. who have got a story to tell which will resonate with someone else or inspire someone else. And I'm sure yeah. you, at your age, people listening will go, wow, well, if he's 28 and he thinks like that, why aren't I thinking like that? And it might yeah. get them to start listening to your updates on Instagram or reading my my stuff on Instagram and, um, you know, yeah. Twitter, all those sort of things. But to take one little bit of information, this is what I say to people, if you can change one tiny seed in your life today, it will change the whole of your life. A positive seed, not if you go into a bank robbery, you know. But if yeah. you can change one thing to more positive <laughs> in your life, it has that butterfly effect. And once you've done one yeah. thing, you'll go, oh, actually I could try this. And all of a sudden your life yeah. starts turning around. So it, Definitely. it doesn't have to be a major thing that you do. And I think there's a couple of things that I sort of take from your speaking there. Um, you know, cheers for, well, thank you for sharing, you know, sort of personal aspect as well. Because I know I, I would share quite a lot of my personal, you know, experiences um, with friends and with close people, but not not with, not very many people know the sort of in-depths, you know. Yeah. But it's nice to hear, the, um, you know, the personal aspects from people because it puts a wee bit more sort of authenticness to it. Definitely. Um, And also, if you do have a story you want to talk about, not necessarily on here, but if we were talking in six months time, you might go, well, look, he opened up and told me about this. He's someone I can open up and talk to because he's not going to judge me. He's just going to listen. And that's why I talk about my illness. Now, when I first started, I was like, no, 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 I'm not talking about my illness. But in different shows, different people I've spoken to, I've gone, well, actually, this is actually a valid point to bring up. And it might help someone else who's got fibromyalgia say, well, I don't have to have the rest of my life in bed. Because I was yep. told by 40 I'd be in a wheelchair or I'd be bedridden. Well, I'm yeah. 50 now and I'm still moving around. I'm still working. I'm, I'm working more than I've ever worked in my life. Yeah. So and there, so, there something that you said there, um, which sort of sticks in my mind, you know, and I, I would always say um, to people, like I have a seven-year-old sister and she's growing up in a different world that I, than what I have, you know, with yeah. the technology world and all that sort of thing. 
But I always say to her, um, I always say, never say can't, always say can. And if you can change that, if, if you could just stop, like, within your language saying that you Did you can't. say, so, don't, never say can't? Yeah, so, like, Okay, it was just your accent. I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's probably not even the right English. But um, No, but yeah, I just wanted to clarify for anyone who's listening that you did actually say can't and not the other word. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that to a seven-year-old later. But, um, yeah, so it's almost like, you know, if you can't, you won't. If you can, you might. Yeah. And it's that sort of concept of, um, you know, even your own sort of language, you know, that you shared there. Like, I would actually be interested to hear, like, the, th- the three-month period where you were bed-bound, you know, like, lying in your bed, you know, in your own mind, asking yourself so many different questions. Um, actually, you know, fast forward to the position that you're in now was probably, like, a far-away fantasy um, yeah. of... I'm never going to get out of this bed. And I can, I can relate to that as well in terms of that experience, which I shared and experiences, which I have had in the past, which have been difficult. I look back and actually now I'm starting to be thankful for them because That's how it I shaped feel. me. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it's me. That's like, whenever I'm having this conversation with you, you know, like I have a few scars on my shoulder from acne. Yeah. And, when at the first sort of, in my early 20s, I would never take my top off, like even in the sun, and I would be very hesitant. Whereas now I'm like, that's a part of me. You know, like, this is this is me. This is, I'm actually sounding like uh, Hugh Jackman now in The Greatest Showman. This is me. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's like, you know, just accepting that, that, um, you know, you can put a filter on your life. You can put a, you know, you can Photoshop who you, how you look and take away your scars and all that sort of thing. But that's who you are at the end of the yeah. day. You know, when and look, you wake when up I was in the morning. I, they didn't actually know what was wrong with me. I had all these blood tests. No one could tell me what was wrong with me. And I did lie in bed thinking, this is my life. This is how it's going to be. Yeah. And then one day. And this sounds like a stupid story to some people. I've told them that and they've gone, oh, come on, that never happened. But I was determined to vacuum the lounge room floor. And I vacuumed, I don't know, I'm not very good with measurements, but say I vacuumed a quarter of it. I had to lay on the couch for two hours and sleep. I woke up, I vacuumed another quarter of it, slept again, and, and by the end of the day I'd vacuumed the whole lounge room floor. And it sounds like a tiny little thing, but I knew if I didn't start doing stuff, I would never get up and going again. And so then it would be like, I'll clean the bathroom, but I might only clean one panel of the shower that day, the next day, the next one. But I had to do things to make sure my brain and my body knew I'm not giving up. I've got to keep going. Yeah. And I, I like that sort of perspective as well, because I think a lot of people overthink the the job that they've got to do. Um, And, what I mean by that is if you think about, if you take a concept of vacuuming a floor, your ability at that time was to do a quarter, rest, do a quarter, rest. And if you if you bring that into your life and actually think about your sort of daily, if I was to say to you, right, Daniel, you have to do 300 press-ups this month. Most people will be thinking 300 press-ups, like that's quite a lot. 
But if you break that down, what is it? It's 30 a day. If you yeah. were to do 30 a day for 30 days, that's 300. So you've did it over the month. And yeah. if I was to say you have to do 30 press-ups a day, that sounds more achievable. Yeah. And that's sometimes the concept that you've got to do with yourself in your life. Yeah. Um, a guy I like, Simon Sinek, um, he said that people overestimate what they can do in five years and underestimate what they can do in one year. Yep. I, I think it's a really, really good concept. Of, you like, just said Simon Sinek, didn't you? Yes, yes. Yeah, he's one of my favourites too. Oh, yeah, there we go. And he's yeah. probably my... He's probably my favorite sort of speaker who I would listen to, um, Simon Sinek. He's uh, he, he started off with the starting with your why. Yeah, I've so listened to really, it on the really, well. I read it and then I bought it on the audio book so I could listen to it while I was driving. Yeah. And the next one was about um, leadership. Um, yes. I can't remember uh-huh. the title, but I've listened to that one too. Yeah, he he, he talks quite a lot about leadership. Um, and yes, some of his concepts are brilliant because um, I find a lot of, you know, people who would, you know, do like speaking and public speaking sort of say what you want to hear, yeah. you know, and you don't get that sort of rawness in the, yeah. and with him. He just like, I'm an awkward guy. Like, I'm very like uh, reserved as a person, but I observe and I understand the world and this is what I'm going to share essentially like me and you, you know, yeah. like what we are sharing, like, you know, obviously his platform is in the millions now and yeah. we are yet to get there, but we're on the, we're on the track. His concepts are very similar to what we're speaking about here, um, yeah. which is good as well because it's good to listen to other people. Yeah, and look, I think what I like about him is even when you hear him in an interview talking about the same thing like the why, finding your why, it's always slightly different, whereas you hear some speakers and you can hear two interviews they've done and it's almost like they've just memorised the whole thing they're going to say word for word, yeah. whereas he interchanges things, adds different things, talks different about different people that were involved. And that's what I really like about him. I, I just find him a fascinating person. Yeah. I, I find him very congruent, you know, yeah. like he's very sort of, as you say, like each video you watch, you know, you get a laugh. A diploma or a degree in counselling or psychology? Oh, me? No, maybe not naturally. <laughs> no, but but um, you've, you've got some of the key words that we use in counselling and psychology. And the thing is, I've learned them all, but I learned not to use them because when I'm working, um, the people I work with who have got a disability, if I was to start going, oh, well, congruence and blah, 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 they'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. So I just suppress those words and don't use them. And then I'm talking to you and I'm like, you're more intelligent yeah, yeah. than what I am because I don't even use those words. <laughs> I think, um, you know, within psychology, there is certain sort of, you know, lingo, there's certain, it's a certain type of language, um, you know, and my biggest word that I would use is probably perspective. Um, I always talk about perspective and whatever, you know, someone says, did you hear about what so-and-so said or what they think? And I'm like, yeah, it's their perspective. And it's like, it's almost, you know, people would say, why is everything from a perspective? And I was like, well, that's the concept of the word. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, So maybe, maybe what you're picking up on is I would read quite a lot of um, sort of self-care psychology books yeah. Um, as well. So the one that I actually found very interesting was uh, Stephen Covey. I don't know if you've ever read that before. 
the mm. seven habits of a highly effective people. I've had that on my bookshelf for about yeah. 15 years and I just haven't read it yet. I think the one that I took from it was probably proactive. I, I like that sort of habit, you know, like being proactive, thinking off like, right, okay, so I'm sitting here and I, like, what can I do differently? Or, you know, it's almost like reflection essentially yeah. as well. And, and what about the self-awareness? Do you use that very often? Yes, reaching out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's probably another sort of concept as well. Like um, even within youth work terminology, like reaching out, you know, it's almost like um, supporting a young person, um, creating a pathway, just a support mechanism. Um, yeah. Like a, a part of my sort of work would be around street work um, yeah. where you'd be on the street. And that element is reaching out to young people going into their environment um, meeting them within their environment and sort of going on a journey with them. Yeah. So, yeah, it's enjoyable that way. Yeah. No, it's really good. Look, it's really, I mean, look, I, I was, we haven't even touched on the subject that we were going to talk about, but I think where we've gone is actually been a lot more interesting and a lot more yeah. congruent. So definitely, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. There you go. I see you're, you're ready. You're not suppressing them thoughts anymore. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm bit, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's amazing. Um, okay, Gareth. So, look, I mean, we've gone a bit off track here. We were going to talk about personal development and travel. I mean, we have talked about personal development. It's been an amazing chat, but I think you need yep. to come back and talk about those things in another time so that we can actually do that topic. But I did want to know uh, who has inspired you in your life, or who were you inspired by? Um. A couple of people have inspired me in my life. Um, I would, you know, at the beginning, I would have been my parents, definitely my parents. Yeah. Um, and as I got older, um, there was actually a guy who was my youth worker, um, and he's still my best, one of my best friends now. Um, and he would, and he has, and still does inspire me. Um, but I have a, a good circle of friends, um, and I'm inspired by each one of them in different ways. You know, like. A friends who own businesses, of friends who are in management, of friends who, you know, these type of conversations that we're having, yeah. that's just sort of common practice between us. That's That would be the sort of circle of people who I would be inspired by. And I think there's something that people don't actually understand. It's, yes, it's good to be inspired by, like we've talked about Simon Sinek, and it's good to yeah. be inspired by people who don't actually know who you are. But the people who are close to you are, are also inspired. And I think um, that's something that is maybe a wee bit misunderstood at times or people actually take as for granted or as a, you know, it's, it's actually a privilege. So yeah. the, the good people that I have around me um, are very inspiring people. Yeah, look, when you have those couple of um, really important people around you, um, they're the sort of people that you know you would do anything to help them and you know that if you needed them, you could call them and they'd be there to help you with whatever you were at, whatever you needed to do. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, if, if you think back at some of your most difficult times in your life and some of the greatest times in your life as well, um, the young people have been there through each set, you know, they've been there through the difficulties, they've been there through the great times. That's what it's about, essentially. You know, it's about the building the friendships and being there through thick and thin, as the old sort of sound would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, look, let's finish up on one more question. So I just wanted to know something that you're optimistic about for the future. 
I'm definitely optimistic about meeting more people. Yeah. Um, you know, like yourself, um, I've just met you recently and I'm really optimistic of, I believe that my calling is to speak to people and I do that already in my job and it's gave me a good platform um, and a good sort of way of going forward. But to me, I feel like it's just the beginning. I feel like I'm beginning to be in the right environment and I'm feeling very optimistic that um, I'm going to be involved in events, I'm going to be speaking, and I'm going to be in them environments that people are going to be listening to me um, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I really feel that. And I wouldn't be too big into like putting things out to the universe and all that sort of stuff, putting it out there. Um, I just believe the more truer you are to yourself, the things that you want to do, um, will unfold in front of you and that's essentially how I'm feeling I feel that I'm starting to read the right stuff I'm starting to be around the right people I'm starting to um, have conversations with inspiring people and that's and you're thinking only- the right the stuff right stuff as well your thought process must have changed with what you're reading and who you're talking to and which puts you in a more positive position in your life because the more you can understand concepts and the way that things work, it enlightens you to be able to move forward um, and move forward with passion and you can move forward knowing that you have the knowledge to be able to carry on with what you're learning and what you're finding out. It's just adding to what you already know rather than you're starting at the beginning yeah and it's, it's almost like what you're saying there what i'm what i'm sort of hearing from is an empathetic nature like yes you know having empathy having that element of i actually care about myself i care about the world and i just want people to feel better within themselves yeah and when you come from you come from a good place and you come from an empathetic nature you're gonna want the best for other people and yeah. Sometimes people don't see that and they won't see see that, but at a different stage in their life, they may turn around and think, Daniel said that to me 10 years ago, Gar said that to me 10 years ago, and it's only actually hitting me now. And yeah. I'm starting to see that. And what whenever I started sort of doing this sort of stuff at the start, you know, talking to people and expressing um, who I was and who I am. People didn't really understand it. Some of friends didn't understand it. Yeah. Um, I think whenever COVID happened, what I was saying to people was, this is exactly what I've been talking about. Yeah. If you don't understand how you who you are and you don't understand how you can survive through anything or yeah. if you've been reluctant to look back at a difficult time because it's hard to cope with, then whenever something like this happens, you're going to be faced with it. And if you haven't made the right choices, you're going to suffer the consequences. And that's a harsh reality of life as well, which is if you don't deal with the demons or if you don't deal with the the, the things that you always put in the wee box and throw the key away, the box is going to open and it's it's going to, you know, hit you up the face and you're not going to, you're not going to know, um, and it can be, yeah. Well, someone I was speaking to in a podcast a little while ago said that 
they had some therapy and they dealt with some pretty major issues in their life. And it was only when they dealt with all those things and realized that they weren't hiding anything anymore, that everybody knew what had happened to them in their life, that they spoke to everybody quite openly about what had happened, um, that then they knew that they were their true self. They were not hiding behind masks or anything. And that was really inspiring to hear someone speak like that. Uh, because I think we all have this fear of, oh, I hope no one ever finds out, out about me. And it might be something minor. You know, it might be what you were saying before about I hope no one sees the scars on my back from acne. Mm -hmm. But we have those little insecurities. And to be someone who can say, well, I don't care what people think because I've dealt with everything and I'm secure in who I am. It, it yes. must be amazing, an amazing feeling to have nothing holding you down anymore. Yeah. And I think it's something that you learn as well is just sort of adding to what you're saying. You aren't the only person. And mm -hmm. what you find as well is when you express how you're feeling, sometimes, you know, times where I've expressed how I was feeling, you know, people in the room or someone else has said to me, I didn't know anyone else felt that way. I feel yeah. that way. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the powerful thing of expressing, of being true, you know, to who you are and actually allowing yourself that freedom yeah. to, you know, share, share what you're thinking, share what you're feeling. And you, you might surprise yourself because other people could be on the same boat, essentially. Yeah. And look, I think with COVID, I think it has helped people to open up more because everybody had some sort of fear. When it first started, I had the fear. Well, I don't say much, so much as a fear, but I'd wake up and go, am I in a science fiction film? You know, it just was so beyond everybody's grasp what was happening because 2020, you know, these things yeah. you don't think are ever going to happen again. And, and then you drive along the road and no. see like one person or one car and you'd be like, what's happened? You know, but... We all had some sort of anxiety, depression, frustration about what was happening. And as I said to you at the beginning of the show, in Australia, we're doing okay. And if people listening can hear, well, one place in, a, in the world is doing okay, it helps people realise that that is what is going to happen at some stage. And I don't say we never go back in lockdown again. This could go on for years. But at the moment, there is hope for people. And that's what we've got to hold on to is that there is hope that this could turn around. We could all be safe. We could all be going out again. Maybe when it's all over, I can get on a plane and meet you somewhere and we'll have a chat in real yeah. life rather than on Zoom. But, yeah. you know, there, there is hope for the future and there's always hope. Back in 1910 or 1920 when the Spanish flu hit, you know, those people didn't have internet. They didn't have, didn't have CDs or radio stations that they could just put on and sit around and all listen to or play or, you know. So imagine going through what we've gone through last year back then, you know, and we've actually had it really yeah. easy what they had it. Oh, definitely. And I think, again, it's back to that word, you know, perspective of, yeah, you know, it's yes. your favourite word, isn't it, perspective? It is. It definitely is my favourite word. Um, it's a word that I like to express quite a lot. Yeah. But in terms of, you know, what we're saying, like I, I do, a lot of people had to, you know, sit with their own thoughts. And something that I would say is I've heard a lot of people say recently off, you know, I can't wait to go back to normal. And what I would sort of encourage people is I don't want to go back to normal. I don't want to go back to a, a society that, you know, normalized or made you feel that you had to be a particular type of person yeah. or, 
is your normal where you don't live a true life of what you actually want to do? Yeah. Is your normal working a, a job that you don't actually really want to, to be doing, that you don't enjoy, you're not fulfilled? Change that narrative, you know, yeah. and go to a new normal. Change that narrative. I think we'll leave the, the conversation there because you're sounding too much like a psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's been absolutely brilliant speaking to you, Gareth. Um, it, it went on a completely different track that we were planning to do, but that's good because I think there's a lot of really informative and uh, um, great things that we spoke about, which I think will really resonate with people who are listening and people of your age of 28. Thank you, Daniel. And I uh, appreciate you, you, you wanting me to come on and have a chat. And as, as we sort of said, it's not going to be the last conversation we're going to have. Um, it seems like it's only it's only going to be the beginning. Ah, definitely. Look, uh, there's a, a few people that I've spoken to in podcasts and you, you can tell when it really gels well and they're the sort of people that I like to come back because uh, I, the feedback I get from the audience is, uh, oh, wow, that re- worked really well. It was like listening to a couple of friends explain something that usually would be way ab- above me and it was in yeah. such easy terms and so easy to relate to. Um, and I look, people have got to go and find you on Instagram anyway to see how much you look like Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you do. It's, it's like I'm talking to Hugh Jackman. I feel like I've got a bit of Hollywood here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Yes, well, again, thanks very much, Daniel. Uh, Moxley, appreciate it. That's been brilliant. Thank you, and we'll speak to you soon. Ciao, ciao. Thank well, that was another episode of Life Changes You. If you want to contact us, we're available on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we also have a website, lifechangesyou.com.au. So until next time, take care of each other, and thanks for listening.